celebrity slots. Free spin. Free to play mobile social slot games in the likeness of your favorite celebrities. Making money. Spin to win celebrity experiences through sweepstakes. Free to download, free to play. Yeah, baby. What are you waiting for? Win meet and greets, celebrity merchandise, gift cards, and more. Download Celebrity Slots today. Back to the Neil Haley Show's Dr. Christopher Hall Show. And I'm excited to welcome the program, Dr. Christopher Hall. Dr. Hall, how are you? Thank you for your service. And I cannot believe the guests we have today. We really got to break the ice off, off the air. And, and it's, it's another amazing guest we have, don't we, Dr. Hall? Well, definitely. And this is incredible. And, and this is really what the nation needs during this time, a very inspiring guest. Uh, so I'm very excited about our guest today. Awesome. So introduce him, please. Well, no problem. We know it's my honor and great pleasure to introduce an actor of film, television, an author, um, has been a star in uh, The Wood, How Still I Got Her Groove Back, uh, I've been on The Practice, American. I'm so excited to welcome to the show, Mr. Tay Diggs. Welcome to the show, Tay. Hey, y'all, what's happening? Thank you for having me, and thank you for such a, uh, a wonderful introduction. Absolutely. And, Tay, yes, we were talking about off-air how you're surviving the pandemic. Tell us about that, yeah. I'm doing, uh, I'm doing okay. You know, I, I have to say, if I'm being honest, uh, sometimes I'll feel a little bit guilty because uh, my life didn't really change that, that much. Um, All-American was on hiatus, so uh, I didn't have to worry about that. I got to spend more time with my son and uh, kind of focus on some other projects that, uh, that I want to get made. So I'm, I'm all right. I'm all right. We How about you guys? Yeah. Hey, you know, well, Dr. Hall's out, out there on the front lines, which we have. Front lining. That, and that's amazing. We need somebody like that. And then that's why we got to talk about how important it's social distance, wear masks, right? Dr. Hall, because I mean, it's, 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 we don't want to put you in danger forever for just this virus. We want to figure out a way that you have less and less people come in, especially this is going to be a tough time, isn't it, Dr. Hall? You know, it is, particularly with the flu and uh, coming on, and we already have the coronavirus. And really, regardless of medications, the most effective uh, uh, prevention is wearing masks. And, uh, and that's how we're going to, uh, by social distancing, wearing masks, how we'll be able to get back to normal. So, mm. All right. So let's go to our first question for Tay. Okay. With no, with no problem. We know, Tay, it's great to have you on the show. And um, I, I know I, you grew up there in Rochester, New York. And just tell us a little bit about, you know, how you grew up and the environment that you grew up in. Okay. Well, I grew up in Rochester, New York. Like you just said, it was upstate, uh, uh, really, really cold. Uh, we had beautiful falls. Um, humble beginnings. Uh, my mother and father were very musical. Um, so they were always either playing the piano or um, having some kind of music playing in the home. Uh, so we were raised, me and my four brothers and sisters, with a sense of art. Uh, then my mother decided she wanted to go back to school. 
Uh, so my father stayed at home, homeschooled us when my mother went back to college and uh, studied dance and theater. So when she was doing that, you know, she would uh, bring us to rehearsals at times and we'd see her in all her shows. And that's when I caught the bug uh, uh, of being a performer, watching her kind of transform from mommy to whoever she was on stage. That really, that really tripped me out. And to know that she did it, um, let me let me know that I was able to do it too. So she enrolled me, my mom enrolled me in the uh, performing arts high school. And then, uh, and then I was off to the races. So um, yeah, that's it. That's yeah. pretty much it. So when you think about performing, you know, being enrolled in the performing arts, uh, kind of school was were you were there were you hesitant at all or this is exactly what you wanted to do? See, this is where my mother knew me so well. Um, I didn't want to go at first because I was uh, I was I just registered into this uh, really cool regular high school and I was very I, I was very athletic so I was excited to to play uh, soccer and tennis and just be a regular kid. Um, but my mother, uh, she recognized the school and she knew that I had it in me kind of dormant. So at first I was upset that I had to leave all of my, uh, well, my friends at the private school, at the uh, public school. But then as soon as I, um, as soon as I started, you know, getting my footing at the uh, performing arts high school, it, it was, it literally changed my life. At the public school, I was always trying to be in the, I could never be in the cool crowd you know, I was never, I never started because I was never big enough, you know, a, a big enough athlete to start on those teams. Um, so I, I was kind of nerdy. So I enjoyed school, but I never really fit in. Uh, but once I joined School of the Arts, it was like, uh, I mean, it was like I had found my home, a new family and a new kind of uh, direction in life. Wow. Yeah. Okay, Dr. Hall, next question. Wow, it's incredible. You know, Tay, Tay's all around, you know, athletics and he's performing arts school. And I know education is very important to him. And um, I know you went to school there in Syracuse. Tell us a little bit about that, Tay. Syracuse was, uh, it was a, a welcomed kind of continuance of, of, um, of what I was doing at School of the Arts. I felt very, very prepared because most of the stuff that we were, uh, I majored in music theater. So once once I started classes there, a lot of the stuff that we were starting out, um, I had already done in, in, in high school. So um, so that was cool. And then it was just, uh, it was just wonderful experiencing the arts and, you know, meeting other, other people that have, you know, uh, very similar interests and, you know, kind of comparing, contrasting, um, but at the same time, uh, engaging in a, in a full-on, proper, you know, university life, because Syracuse was a big school, so we had the football games, we had basketball games, crazy cake parties, but then really, really good theater and improv classes, and it, it was, it was awesome, it, it was awesome. High school and, high school and college, you know, were, were really, really, really wonderful times, in my life because it really some people that go to school for one thing and then 10 years later there's something completely different but my high school and college they truly just set up um my life in a wonderful way and i, I would not have, 
I wouldn't do anything differently. So you're a Syracuse Orangeman fan for sure then, right? For sure. Uh, see, I'm a Pitt fan. So that's why I'm bringing up our big rivalries back in the Big East tournament. So I don't know what years you went to Syracuse. What, who was playing for Syracuse in basketball then? Lawrence Moton, uh, Billy Owens. Oh, um, gosh, yes. Uh, uh, big. Derek Coleman? Yes. Derek, Derek Coleman. Coleman. You Derek had, Coleman. and I'm forgetting who they're, you know, I think it was Steven, Stevie Thompson. And the, you guys had just a, the one that, the, yeah, I'm trying to remember. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, so I'm bringing ah. them all up because my pit team should, uh, years were pretty top notch at that time too. And so, yeah. so what year were, so what year did you graduate from Syracuse? What, like, 93 maybe? 93, okay, okay. So I'm just kind of looking at, you know, I graduated from high school in 91, but I'm just remembering going to those Big East tournaments. And Bayon, yeah. you guys had that. Every time the Big East tournament came, look out. Then, it was crazy. But you lucked yeah, out also. The football was not bad either when you were there, right? No, no. Athletes were uh, – they were treated like, like celebrities. They truly were. It was, it was a trip. Uh, so we're not going to talk about Syracuse then, especially. <laughs> but, again, uh, I guess basketball. We'll wait to basketball to talk. Oh, Pitt did beat them in – uh, can beat them in football already. We're not that, that you don't talk to football team, talk to basketball, but it, it's every that that matchup zone, Tay, that matchup zone kills everybody in the NCAA tournament. You laugh every year they're in the tournament, right? Because yeah. you know that matchup till, as long as Bayheim's around. Right? Yeah, yes, sir. <laughs> All right, Dr. All, next question. Wow, just incredible, incredible. One of Hollywood's leading men, so incredible, Ted. But, you know, Tay, tell us this. I know that um, you've been a trailblazer in Hollywood, okay? And you've also, uh, you know, you're an author. Um, and there's a book, I believe it's called Chocolate Me, I believe. Yes, sir. Um, tell me a little bit about that book and what you're trying to accomplish with that. Well, I'm glad you asked, Chris. Um, Chocolate Me is the first book in a series that me and uh, my cousin Shane Evans, he uh, illustrates the books, started a few years ago. Um, there was an instant when I was growing up, I remember being maybe five years old, uh, and I had a couple of white friends. <clears throat> we were playing, and one of my white friends looked at my hands and said, how come the skin on the front of your hand is dark, but the skin on the uh, other side is light are you are you and and these were kids so they were really they were being serious they were asking asking this as a serious question are you dirty are you dirty on the outside does it does it wash off when you take a shower and that um that didn't make me that made me very uncomfortable but i didn't i wasn't uh, uh, um sophisticated enough to give my friend a, a proper answer so uh, I went inside and, and explained this to my mom, and she kept using the words, uh, using the word chocolate to describe my skin. Um, so I wrote a poem about that because it was a, it was a big moment for me because uh, that's when something switched and I was, I was uh, very aware of being proud and having self-esteem um, because, you know, chocolate is sweet. And there, there are a lot of positive, you know, positive things, uh, um, connected to chocolate so um so later on in life shane my cousin and now illustrator he thought that poem would make a great children's story so we did that um 
and uh, and from that point on, we've been doing uh, other books as well, and it's been it's been fun. It's something that I never thought I would do, but I am truly enjoying, you know, getting the opportunity to focus on anti-bullying and mm-hmm. self-esteem and pride, um, and a lot of stuff that I think young people really could use, young people and older people alike uh, can use right now. And the time you have to put into writing is a lot different than acting, right? You've noticed that for sure. It, uh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, I'm all, I'm all over the place. Do you know what I mean? I'm, 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 I don't know if it's ADD, but I do everything a little bit different. So, you know, sometimes I'll write while I'm at work, you know? Um, so, uh, uh, that's been uh, that's been fun uh, experiencing as well, figuring out my process. <laughs> See, that's the thing that you come up with that creativity, you figure it out, and that's what makes your days go by. And so it's not boring. You always got to switch it up and make some other try something different. And I think that's what the people that continue to be passionate about what they do in life is they're not just doing the same thing over and over and over again. They're improving. They're looking at other ways to do it. Yeah. Things like that. Okay. All right, Dr. Hall, next question for Tay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I mean, Tay certainly a wonderful actor and um, a heartthrob to all the women out here. But uh, I wanted to bring that out because I knew he was an author and that, um, you know, those things are important, you know, self-esteem and yeah. uh, motivation. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Dr. Hall. Not sure. Oh, yeah, no problem. Uh, so any... Um, you said there's some other uh, books in the series. Do they kind of focus on the same thing or is it? Yes, yes they do. A first one's called Chocolate Me, which is about a little chocolate boy. Uh, uh, I have a son who is biracial. So once he came into the life, once he came into my life, uh, I thought that could be something uh, a book could speak to. So the second book is called Mixed Me, about a little mixed kid who uh, uh, has a multiracial parents and uh is kind of made fun at he's kind of made fun of at school because certain people think he should be called this certain people don't know why his hair is you know uh so once again it's it's a kind of a trip uh uh through his journey of realizing that he can be proud of both sides of his his family and that he is special regardless of of what others may may think the differences actually make him um special and more interesting Interesting. Now, let's talk about Varsity Tutors. Explain to me Varsity Tutors, because one of my backgrounds was interesting when they came to me to to promote. It's uh, probably 10 years ago when I started, it was just education. I had my own tutoring business. Now I do some tutoring still on the side and different things. But Varsity Tutors is much different than the regular places that you go for online tutoring. Isn't that correct? What the kind of experiences they give you? Yeah, I saw a commercial so, on no. CNN. I saw a commercial on CNN last night about it, about one of uh, the interesting celebrities that are a part of this. Yeah, I think it's really uh, uh, smart and innovative. You know, very current. I love that they're uh, they're using um, you know uh, uh, fairly known uh, artists and kind of taking advantage of of you know what we have to offer. Um, my mother was a teacher. Uh, uh, there were uh, a few teachers in my life that I will never forget and, you know, will say for a fact changed to, you know, who I am as a person. So um, teaching, you know, in that respect is something that, that I've always loved. 
uh, I didn't know how much I loved it until I started doing it after graduating. So, uh, you know, when this, when this opportunity, uh, you know, came, it was something I definitely uh, wanted to, uh, to get into. Um, I've noticed that whenever I teach, and this may sound cliche, but I'm very surprised at how much I learned just about myself and how much I learned, um, how much I realize I still need to learn. Yes. So um, it's always great to, uh, to kind of open yourself up, up to that. And, uh, and obviously, because of what we're going through, you know, what, what better time to, to take an online class? <laughs> yeah, so tell us about that online class you're teaching. Yeah, so uh, it's acting. Uh, I'm going to teach two. One is October 15th. That's the first one. And uh, what's awesome about Varsity Tutors is that they're allowing me to kind of put my own uh, swing on things. A lot of, with a lot of acting teachers, uh, I've heard there's a, a very specific style. And regardless of what the teacher thinks, they, they want to relay that style and drill that style into the actor's head. Um, but varsity teachers kind of letting me bring what I want to bring. So, you know, for the people that are that are hopefully watching, not only do they uh, uh, get some insight into, you know, what is special about acting to me and how I do it, but you know, you also get to to uh, uh, there's more of a, a back and forth with personality, and and uh, I think it's it's far more interesting. And then bringing that component to allow to be free online, such a great mm -hmm. thing, especially during the pandemic to do this and then the sure. connectivity of different things. So kind of, you know, explain how, how, when you teach someone to act, what do you see the components, especially in your class, the kind of people that you want to take your class? What are you looking for? Well, it's open to anyone more, you know, we're, we, we would love for the young people uh, uh, to join us. I know, uh, when I was, I started very, very late. Um, well, for me, uh, when I went to my performing arts high school, you know, the, the cats that I was rolling with, they, they had started when they were four and five. And, wow. you know, the, the, the plays that they're, you know, as a parent now, you know, I see all the other mothers and, and, and fathers trying to enroll their kids extra early. Um, so, you know, I, I started late, but, but while I was beginning, you know, it, it would have been really, useful for for me to have had something something like this to kind of fill in um there's a lot that they don't teach you you know right. in, in 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 college and after someone has had a certain uh, uh level of experience you know th those are the things that I, I really could have uh could have learned from you know moving straight to new york after after school so we'll touch on that we'll touch on uh uh, just the the how important the imagination you know can be um and how to utilize and and intertwine that with uh with this craft and uh confidence you know mm -hmm. simple things of of, of how, how how confident you are and how that can you know relay how that can translate to your work that's see that's that's very interesting and dr hall anything to add with his acting class what would you like to learn if you were in his acting class dr hall i i already know certain things i'm a former pro wrestler tay so i would love to oh have wow to, yeah i did the minor leagues of pro wrestling wrestled with the rock before he was the rock and i really now have developed a better on-screen persona than i was when i was a wrestler just this big dumb goof 
But then after yeah. it started to become my character, I would hit it off pretty good in wrestling now. I might be behind the scenes more and make another comeback, but not in the ring till COVID's over. But I love the whole back and forth and really being a character. Yeah. And I think lots yeah. of wrestlers need to take your class, to be honest with you, because they really don't have the character development that they did back, <laughs> back in the time when I was around. But all right, Dr. Hall, what would you want to learn in acting if you were acting, Dr. Hall? Well, you know, one of my first aspirations in life, you know, uh, growing up in Los Angeles, California, was to be an actor. But um, really, uh, you know, sincerity. You know, actors have to come across as being very sincere mm -hmm. in some of the roles. They have to actually be those people. And mm. so as I talk to patients every day, and as all medical students and doctors talk to patients, you know, we have to be very sincere in what we say. And so, yeah, that'd be a component that I'd be very interested in learning mm. in today's acting class. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. And everybody has, uh, you know, the older I'm getting and, and uh, you know, the, 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 the luckier I am with continuing to work, um, the, uh, every, everybody has their own style. And, uh, and when I was younger, you know, right out of college, you you've got a big ego and you think you know everything and it's like my way or the highway they're a good actor and they're a bad actor because they do this but now now i'm realizing it's like whatever whatever works for you works and to not judge it and then kind of keep moving moving forward and it uh it, it's helped my teaching because uh it makes it a lot easier to tell people to be open to things as opposed to you know it, it always uh, uh kind of annoys me when people start a sentence with the only way you can, or you'll never, that's just not how I, how I operate, you know what I mean? So it'll be fun kind of sharing that with, with the students as well. Right, and you look at specifically how you're able to, the persona is such an important thing in acting, right? How you portray yourself as a character before you're the character. The character of the actor before they play the role, right? Do you agree with that's important? Sometimes it, dep I mean, it depends on the actor. Some people don't think, some people immediately uh, don't think of it as a character. They think of themselves. So they'll play, the, they'll play the character as themselves because sometimes they think if they think of it as a character, it'll uh, distance them. And, and I agree want, in that some, some yeah. ways. When I became more myself in wrestling and where I was being more of a, uh, uh, you know, just learning the mic work, but just playing as an educated person, not just this big, dumb goof. It worked way better, but it was not what certain people wanted the character to play. So you're right. Some people that they're, they just totally know how to be a drama queen or they know how to be a badass while others mm -hmm. have to play it and learn that character. And right. then, what would you say would be the and most strong character exactly. you've ever played? Because exactly. at Arthur, that's fun not fun. Yeah. What would you say was the hardest character you ever had to play? Oh, uh, the hardest and most satisfy satisfying and rewarding would be on stage Hedwig and the Angry Inch. <clears throat> That's the uh, a trans character that um, his operation goes wrong and he's uh, traveling from, from Germany to America trying to be this rock star. And it was, uh, you know, singing, dancing, crying, high heels, lipstick, wig. It was, it was ridiculous, but uh, but it was something that uh, I'm, I'm very, very proud of, and uh, you know, I'll never, I'll never forget. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. See, and the, and always thinking about that challenge 
those challenges, getting out of your comfort zone is the way to grow and develop. So now who knows when your next, or we, you know, you'll have other aspirations of winning other awards and stuff. The more you go out of side of your normal character, you never know when that next job is going to come. That's going to end up, you know, getting the next level for you as an actor where you would say, mm-hmm. so the more you mm-hmm. can play outside that character and be able to be different, the more opportunity yeah. that something could be written in for you. That's the perfect gig. You'll never know as an actor when that will happen. It just, yeah. it could be, someone could be writing a script right now. That's perfect for you, Tim. You just, yeah. You oh, know. 100%, 100%. Chris is right now. Aren't you, Chris? Well, Chris, Chris, <laughs> uh, you, Chris Hall's yes, story, you. and you'll play him in an Academy Award. There we go. That's what we should do. Someone needs to make a film about Dr. Hall's yeah, life, and Tay needs to play it. And then there you go. You got you got an unbelievable story, and he could show all the, the tough times he went through to becoming a doctor. I think it's a perfect gig, so we'll have to get that. That's started. actually, that is not a bad idea. Pay a book. Listen, Tay, we'll send him a book. Say what? Say what? What'd you say? We need to get you a book of War, War of the Court. It's on Amazon, but I'm, we need to, I'll send I'll you I'll make one. sure I get, I get that to do. the team. I will do that for Please sure. Please do. I would love that. Please do. All right, Chris, go ahead and summarize Tay for me, please. Wow. But really, you know, uh, words really cannot adequately express, uh, you know, how we've been graced with the presence of, of this man who is playing on All-America, but who clearly is an All-America. all around, okay? He's given us some, some great principles for our young people, self-esteem, um, basically work hard, believe in yourself. Uh, and so it's just been an honor to have you on the show today, Mr. Tay Diggs. And um, thank you very much. Thank you, guys. This was great. All you right. guys take care of yourselves. So Varsity Tutors, to find information, yes, go to varsitytutors.com, yes. right? Is that correct? Yes, yes, yes. You are correct. Thank you, WWW. And, Absolutely. And then, and then anything else where we can connect with you, where's the best place for your stuff? Where can we go? Oh, oh, Lord, I'm off of this. Uh, Instagram, Tay Diggs Insta. Um, and I don't even know. I don't even know my Google Facebook. You. You'll find some other things. Hey, that's it. But as an author, you got to start thinking about that in that way. But best of luck with all the different projects it. everyone needs to take his acting course. Thank you again, Varsity Tutors, for this opportunity. And thanks again for everybody coming by. Take care. All right, that was the Dr. Christopher Hall Show, guys. Take care. We're back to the Neil Haley Show here on the Total Celebrity segment. And I'm excited to welcome the program John Hensley, Brat Black Emperor of Broadway, How to Get Away with Murder, all those different things. John, thanks for stopping by. How are you, man? I'm, I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me, Neil. It's nice to be here, for sure. Absolutely. I want to talk about, we'll just kind of jump into this character, and then we'll get into a little bit of how to get away with murder. Uh, but sure. let's go in the character. I mean, to think about the story finally being told. I mean, mm-hmm. I think historically to know that there was this kind of racial discrimination at this mm-hmm. time on Broadway, it's just not highlighted, is it, John? No, for sure. I mean, in, in, in this particular story, uh, interesting. I mean, for, for me, I was actually kind of unaware with uh, unaware of it, which is which is, you know, in and of itself, I think a bit of a tragedy that Gilpin's story isn't, you know, better known. Um, and and uh, you know, I'm a I'm an O'Neill fan. Uh, so so for me to not really be familiar with this particular chapter in both of those people's lives um 
that in and of itself, I think, kind of speaks to the fact that this story hasn't, you know, been appropriately told yet. Yeah, it hasn't been. And when I got to learn a little bit so far about it, but your character is very well known. And I mm -hmm. know that you like both the stage and acting on the screen. So you're mm -hmm. into both genres. So you're a fan of this guy before, meaning not the truth of him, but meaning knowing how his success as, as an actor, right? Not the person he was. Oh, are you, are you talking about Gilpin? No, I'm talking about, I'm talking about O'Neill and stuff. Uh, O'Neill. Yeah. Oh yeah, O'Neill. Are you kidding me? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, O'Neill, so, you know, uh, not to sound, I don't even know how to sound, it's just the truth. I mean, for, for years, I slept with a copy of Long Day's Journey and Tonight on my bedside table. I mean, I mean, that was almost like, uh, to, to me more than, you know, just someone's work to me, there was almost something meditative about diving into that, you know, periodically. Um, so yeah, I was, I was very familiar with O'Neill so much so that quite frankly, um, I was, I was very surprised, uh, quite frankly, that, that Arthur, the, director of this film even knew who I was and and secondly uh even more so that he wanted me to play Eugene O'Neill um yeah it was it was kind of it was kind of like a sight unseen yes I was just like what yeah 100 percent we'll figure out we'll we'll figure out what this thing actually is and what it's about later but I'm in so so for me I, I I'm I'm a big enough fan that um just getting the ask to to get to you know sort of uh you know play that character um you know that that was that was a really that was a really lovely surprise and so i didn't i mean like i just could just tell this passion and you talking about this so mm -hmm. the preparation but i think you were disappointed also people have to see the film about what kind of person he was right after looking at it i mean you know i don't know man i mean i think you know, as far as, as far as, well, it, tr truth be told, I haven't seen the film yet. So I don't know, I don't know how Eugene O'Neill is, is ultimately portrayed. Um, I can only give, you know, my sort of layman perspective on him, which is that, um, you know, man, look, I, I am in no shortage of flaws uh, as a human being myself. So I, 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 I don't know. I, I think I think I think it's really easy to sort of judge people through, you know, a, a very. Um, uh, it's very easy to look at the lives of other people from sort of a thirty thousand foot perspective. When you know, I think if we all aimed the mirror at ourselves, we would we would find more than one instance where you know we could certainly improve and have been a better human being. Um, so, so I, I, I sort of look at it, uh, with, with regard to O'Neill and I don't know if this is kind of what you're getting at, but like, I, I think he was, um, and, and, and people who quite frankly know more about him than I do might, might disagree or, or might validate this. I, I think he was, you know, probably a pretty unforgiving person with regard to himself and with regard to the people uh, that he shared his life with, uh, whether professionally or personally, you know, um, and he certainly, 
uh, had his bag of demons, you know, like, like yes. the rest of us. So, Everyone, so all of us have, yeah, 100%. And, and that's, you know, that's not to excuse, you know, sort of his harshness, but, but, uh, but I think, I think sort of from that actually came some, some work that, like I said, is, is clearly stood the test of time, which, you know, it's, it's always that, that question, right. Of, of what, what do you, what do you, what do you forgive in the legacy that someone leaves behind? You know, does, does, does the work justify uh, certain uh, the way he treated, treated certain people and did certain things yeah, without, exactly, without exactly. giving them away and so, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, 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 you know, and, and again, and, and by the way, Neil, feel free to just interrupt me at any point. If you're like, yeah, I, I, your audience will discover I have no problem talking. Uh, I, I'm, yeah, I can I'm, tell I'm, that. Yeah, yeah I'm, a, I'm a Southern boy and I've got the gift of gab, but, but you know what, at least in, in shooting the film, you know, and again, I haven't seen it, so I don't know, I don't, I don't know, you know, how O'Neill is portrayed in the movie, but, but, but in terms of shooting, you know, I really regarded it as, is that he, he stood by what he believed to be right, which was that, um, you know, he he refused uh, not to cast uh, an African American actor in in a role that was written for an African American actor, and 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 but in that also he was not going to um, allow Gilpin any more leeway. Right. That's the that's where that, the that's where the kind of thing that could not happen today. We're yeah, not totally. it away. That's where I'm looking at the O'Neill and the fact, well, he did cast an African-American, but then he asked him to do things that Gilpin felt was not right and blackballed him. So we've all done that in this business where we've blackballed. I'm, I'm a former pro wrestler and I was not blackballed, but certain promoters would never book me again based mm -hmm. on being a jackass and say, screw this. Sure. I'm doing this in this match and who cares? What, and mm -hmm. we don't think about those things when we're young. But ultimately, and then totally. promoters, the same thing. I didn't like that guy's attitude or that director didn't like that guy. I'm not mm -hmm. going to cast him again. So mm -hmm. you can't go and look at his demons and stuff. But I think that for people looking back at that time period, John, mm -hmm. he looks like a pretty big racist in and, and, and that way. Yeah, I mean, maybe. I don't, I don't know. You know, I mean, the way, the way I, I mean, yes, perhaps. But I mean, again, I, the way I, the way I sort of justified it, I, just that's the wrong because you know, the way I looked at it, I guess I should say, is that O'Neill, and I could be wrong about this. I look, I did obviously I didn't know the man, you know, so I I want to be very careful in defending somebody that I didn't know. <laughs> yes, but my 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 suspicion is that if what a lot of us generally know about him is true. He probably would have been just as unforgiving, just as brutal to anyone, regardless wow. of race, regardless of gender. I think O'Neill served and probably, well, I shouldn't even say probably, it feels so presumptuous to use words like probably, because again, I mean, we're talking about somebody who's been dead for God knows how long, but but I think that the way I looked at it, I'll just say that, and, and, and maybe wrongly, is that um, he was a guy that served the 
peace yes. sort of above all else I, and, and, and regardless of cost. It's all about him making exactly. this the best show possible and who I hurt, I don't care. And so it's interesting you take that because I, I, based on the other interviews, yes. I've not watched yes. the film either. I want to because I'm a, I'm a, uh, I have an undergrad in history, so I am I'm very intrigued by this. I was looking at you as a villain, and uh, so in a way, it's it's someone's thought process. It was that time period. I mean, people were painting their faces yeah. and being playing black people, meaning they were painting their exactly. faces. They weren't allowing an African-American to be on stage. They wanted anyone that, so there's a lot of different things involved in that. Now- No, I'm, totally. I mean, and, that, and that's the thing, honestly, Neil, like, like O'Neill, and again, I, you know, having not seen the film that I'm in yet, um, uh, the, uh, um, you know, on the day when we were shooting a lot of these scenes, it was very much from the point of view, like O'Neill fought for Gilpin. Like he was the only one that wanted to cast an African-American in the role. All the other people in his theater troupe wanted blackface. They insisted uh, on it. And see, he, I didn't hear that. So that's yeah, a, yeah. That's he, a went, he went yeah. fully against the grain of not only the times as a whole. I mean, this was a time where, you know, it, it was, I mean, uh, you know, like they literally had African-Americans doing blackface. Like you couldn't even be an African-American portraying an African-American, you know? And, and, and so it was, it was a really uh, intense time. Right. And O'Neill dug his heels in and said, absolutely not. This is, this was, this was written for a black man. It will be portrayed. Not only like this guy is also, by the way, happens to be a brilliant actor. And and it was it was really the success of the production yes. that that sort of tore these two guys apart. And and it was and and, and where O'Neill kind of you know at least with regard to the story yeah. may have misstepped is that he was unable to allow for Gilpin to inject his own unique perspective exactly. on the story it was it was like hey i get it you're good at what you do but i wrote it so <laughs> it's not your character yeah. it's my character and gilpin's position generally was you know i get it you wrote it but you don't really know the world that you're that you're playing in here and you're and you're speaking from a perspective that that actually i i i know because like i you know uh, it's like you're you're a white guy you know yeah, exactly. and and so and so the that's where, really was groundbreaking in so many ways standing totally, up to totally totally yeah, yeah so 100 how did you how did you yeah. prepare for o'neill the character especially oh God, when you have I mean, such a fan your your fa fan favorite his based on his yeah movie. i mean yeah, no. So, so I, you know, well, first of all, and, and, and failed at it, I, I, I tried to find, you know, sort of audio of, of O'Neill and, and I personally was, was unable to do it, but that's not saying much. I'm, um, you know, not the, not the world's best, uh, internet sleuth as it were, but, um, but Arthur, um, uh, kind of put me at ease on that. And he's like, God, you sound just like him, which quite frankly, could have been a lie. I don't know how Arthur knows what O'Neill said, but you know, whatever. I was like, oh, great, great. And, and, but, um, but uh, you know, I, um, how I, frankly, how I prepared for it 
I'm a big believer in like you do your homework and then you throw it away. And then, and then, and then trust that whatever happens on the day is what's meant to happen. But if yes. I go in there like a, like a steamroller thinking that I know exactly how this thing is supposed to play out, I don't live my life that way. Therefore, if we are, you know, in, assist, in, in, in essence, hopefully uh, giving some uh, relative accurate representation of how human beings interact with each other, I don't think it's appropriate that I enter a scene that way. So hopefully by the time I've shown up to set, whatever work I've done has literally been thrown in the dumpster and the residuals just there. So generally speaking, that's how I kind of approach things. And with regard to O'Neill specifically, um, and again, I don't want to presume anything about a man that, you know, I never knew, but, um, you know, again, kind of going back to Long Day's Journey into Night, I think one reason why that sat on my bedside table, you know, through, you know, multiple houses and multiple chapters in my life is because I, I felt like I was I felt like this guy was reading my mail yes. and like I could read his mail and so therefore there was something to the inherent despair in a lot of O'Neill's writing and and the sort of unapologetic right. uh humanity that um uh, you know and I and I, I I don't I don't mean this to to sound in in some way it just wasn't a big leap for me to imagine uh maybe the demons that o'neill faced on a daily basis sort of you know the demons that you face john yeah totally yeah i mean with the yeah, different yeah i mean you got to tell me the egos and the different people you deal with on different shows yeah. you've been on and different families and directors and oh, dealing with people it's the same sure. thing and i'm sure you've been behind the screen, not just in front of the screen, you've directed, you've produced, maybe, I don't know. I'm just assuming mm -hmm. that. And you had to take that role as a leader and make sure that you bring the right people in and how much more pressure is on you than just yourself relying on yourself. Yeah, I mean, look, 100%. It, it, I mean, I think that any, any production, and, and just with regard to O'Neill, I mean, I think, you know, any one of us, again, I don't think it's a unique thing to sort of be, crippled with insecurity and doubt and self-hate and you know any number of things depression you know i think we all go through any number of those things in our lives i certainly have and 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 you know i've wondered more than once like jesus christ what's the point you know and uh, of like literally waking up and and, and in o'neill's writing you know that's a sort of constant that's like a thread that runs, you know, sort of constant through a lot of his characters. So it was very easy for me to connect with that. And then with regard to productions, you know, my thing is this, like with regard to any production, whether, whether, you know, it's working as an actor, whether it's directing, whether it's writing, um, I, I, and it, you know, it's nothing revolutionary, but I, I look at a production, really any business for that matter, it's like a spoked wheel. Yes. And, and just like a spoked wheel, if, if one spoke is out of skew, the wheel doesn't run yeah, true. Especially on the stage, that's how it is. 100%. And so my, my primary concern as an actor is to make sure I'm not the crooked spoke. You know what I mean? That I'm not the one like causing the wheel to, right. to go off the rails. And then, and then as a director, uh, you know, it might be an overly simplistic thing, but I think a lot of directing, man, is just communication. Is like is is really being there for, you know, in a way on the day 
allowing yourself to be a bit of the hub, but not hub in terms of like, I control this wheel, but hub in terms of like, I'm here for every spoke. And, and, and hopefully I can be of service to the, to the wheel as a whole. And, and so that's, that's, um, I, I, you know, that's sort of how I just regard productions. And believe me, to your point about egos, my God, man, I mean, I, you know, <laughs> I, I mean, look, it's, it just is what it is. I it mean, is I, a- I, and I, I could, I could literally talk to you until your head falls off. No, about, I know you could on that. My, yeah. About my, my feelings on that. I mean, I, I, I think a lot of that, it's funny enough, in a weird way, it might connect to the O'Neill of it all. Um, you know, man, and, and, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm sure you can relate to this, Neil. Um, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not I, would, I would never presume to know the, the pro wrestling world at all, but I got to believe that this plays into it is that, you know, like you work really hard. And, and some people not, some people do, but, but whatever. You, you do what you do, you get the opportunities you get. Yes. And when you're a, a performer, those opportunities are only given to you by a something like some, somebody or something that holds more power. Exactly. Right? And That's so wrestling. Then when you're on, yes. when, dude, totally. And then when you're on set or maybe backstage or, or actually in the ring, uh, you know, I think a lot of people, instead of uh, being grateful for the fact that they've been given the opportunity and, and thereby you know, taking the opportunity to sort of plant a row of good seed, rather see a crack in a door where they suddenly have access to a perceived power that they didn't have, you know, even a month ago. And it can kind of turn them into a monster. And, and, and when I see people behave that way, I try to remember that at the core of that person, is someone who is really scared and really terrified right. that they may never be given the chance to work again after right. this job. Right. And that it's actually probably unconscious exactly. how horrible they're being. Now, maybe that's giving them no, too much no, benefit of the doubt, no, but that's no, what no, I choose no, to believe. Listen, thinking about this Black Emperor of Broadway, it's available now. I want to ask a couple a quick question about how to get away with murder and then jump yeah. into specifically any other projects you have. But I wanted to bring sure. up, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, quick story. The Rock, I love The Rock that he is today. The Rock, uh-huh. when I first met him, before he was nothing, was that. When I met him in WWE, when I went to do a TV taping to get a, you know, I was jobbing. I'm six foot ten, but I was, they were taking a look at me to maybe sign me. He didn't pay attention to me, knew me. Everyone else that was around me the, the, that were, you know, pretty big stars on, that are now in WWE that were down south when I was there, all said hello to me. So I wonder who the rock is the rock, but that's an ego and it could be the day. It could be why it happens. John could have blown people off on set. We don't know that, but okay. Now let's go to how to get away with murder. Now, how I did hope you not, like, man. What? I will say that. I hope I'm not, I, 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 I don't want to speak too boldly, but, but I, 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 I'd be real curious if anybody were able to say that about me. Uh, okay. but, so, John, uh, but, so how but, to get with murder? Yeah. The one thing I wanted to ask yeah. on that is how did it play playing a love interest in that way, in the way that, you know, the, a lot oh. of the guys that were on the show, because I watched all the seasons, you know, they were pretty, you know, heartthrobs in certain ways and relationships. And then you get put in this relationship with this, with this uh, attorney that she had relationships with other guys, you know, that were maybe a little bit more attractive than John. How did you play that character? I'm just thinking of that in a way, because I can see you laughing on set playing that in a way. 
that love interest type thing. In term, sorry, I, you you broke up a little uh, bit. Well, in love. There. I, mean, yeah. I was talking about specifically enough the love interest. How mm -hmm. a lot of people that dated your your uh, fiance were a different attraction than you. How did you play that role in a lot of ways when a lot of the guys were very, you know, in shape in certain aspects were kind of, you know, just uh, a different look for how to get away with murder than your role? Oh, dude, make no mistake. You could wash clothes on my stomach, buddy. So let's not, let's okay, not get it twisted. Okay, John, there let's we not go. Get it, John's let's ready not, to let's not get it twisted, Neil. Come on. Come on, let's not get it twisted. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Um, even though you could, I'm kidding. Uh, uh, no, I um, you know, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, and and uh, the the uh, I'll tell you how the whole how to get away with murder thing kind of came about. It and and this I think this will actually answer your question because it was it was sort of a bit of a surprise the way things evolved with um with Ronald and Bonnie and, and, and that um, I, w I initially came onto that show just literally to do a one episode guest spot. It was oh, like, wow. you know, I was, I, yeah, I was just like, I don't even know. I could be wrong. I don't want to misspeak, but I don't even know if he like had a, like he was just the DA, like he was DA Ronald Miller. And, you know, it was a couple of court scenes, I think. Yeah. And, and um, you weren't um, the DA yet. I wasn't the DA yet. And, and, and I, I don't, again, I don't want to misspeak, you know, Pete Nowak would certainly be better equipped to answer this. Um, but um, I, I was initially literally hired to do a guest spot on, on one episode. And I, I'm assuming I don't know something in the, in the edit and, and thought that there was something there and it, and it sort of evolved naturally. So all to say that it wasn't like, now, once they, once they signed me to sort of multiple episodes, there was a little bit of discussion about, hey, this is sort of where the arc is going and what's going to happen with, you know, Ronald and, and Bonnie. But um, I didn't really, like, I didn't really overthink it, man. I didn't really think about it. I Look, I, and, and I'm sure you can relate to this too, Neil. It's like, dude, like, when you've been doing this stuff, it's, it's uh, I'll tell you something that, the very first theater professor I had, Paul Rathbun, out of Fort Lewis College in Durango, Colorado. I got to give him credit because I haven't seen the man since he said these words to me right before okay, I left, it. right before I left Durango, Colorado and headed to New York City. But he said to me, he said, uh, he said, you know something, man, I think you can actually do this. He said, uh, and it's funny, you're talking about physicality. He said, you know, because you're not the world's biggest guy. And he's like, and they like small people. And he said, uh, and he said, uh, and he said, you got a decent enough look. And he's like, and you're all right. You're all right. You're like, you're not that bad. And he said, but I just have one piece of advice before you leave for New York. He said, don't ever, no matter what, don't ever take it personally. And I, dude, that's been carved on my soul since that day. And, and it's enabled me perhaps in a delusional way to sort of get through the overwhelming amounts of rejection that I've experienced that any actor's experienced. I mean, you, you know, I, I know other people have been far more fortunate than I am, but I can tell you I've experienced for every yes, for every you're hired I've gotten, I have for sure gotten a thousand no thank yous. And, and, and that's no exaggeration, by the way. And, and all to say that, that, I've been around long enough 
that when I'm on a set, man, I don't concern myself with the dynamics at play with, with, with characters. Or yeah. I'm there to, I'm there to do what I can. Kind of going back to that job. spoke thing. Right. Exactly. Like I'm and not, and so and not I, get offended by it and have thick skin no. and deal with it. Oh wow, dude! One hundred percent. Yeah, sorry. I know I, that may that no, may not that's be okay, like John. the world's so most interesting. So let's go with latest answer. projects. Yeah. Latest project. What? Yeah. Black Emperor of Broadway is available now. You can check it out. I, I know it's available in certain places. Just Google, mm -hmm. find it. You'll find it different places on uh, on you know either VOD or also you can find it at Walmart. I think that I was hearing from uh, a conversation right on. before. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's what I heard in the last interview. But who knows? Sweet. So, what about you? Other projects? What's going on? Oh gosh. So, so right. So I spend a significant amount of my time these days writing. Um, okay. I mean, I'm always, I'm always like, I look, I love acting. I'll always act, but I'm actually working on a project right now that I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to be coy. It's just the way it is. I'm not at liberty to like really Tell discuss us. it, but, but it's, but it's lovely. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a television project that I've written and, and, you know, we'll, we'll see. It's, it's, fortunately there's a, there's a, a group of folks who have decided that they want to make it. And, and so right now I'm in the process of, um, you know, not only developing that with them, but sort of doing some rewriting and all of that, all, all nascent stages and all things that your viewers and listeners. There's a lot, there's a lot they, of stuff they, that you can't say yet, John. Yeah. And that, and that's that, the reason. And it's not, it's not for any, it's not for any like is there anything for, reason. for, published right now to say except black emperor of, of oh god no right. right now right now it's just black emperor and man like everybody else i'm just like you know whatever like, waiting for covid19 to end bro waiting just trying to, just to get disappear. trying to get through this stuff and seeing if we're all going to be standing at the end of it and who the hell's got the exactly cough, who does so it this and, film you know is I mean? perfect for people to check out check you out playing O'Neill. That's phenomenal. It was a great conversation and I could talk to you for hours, John, but we have to say adieu. We're going to have a definitely another time when your project comes out, we'll stay in touch. And I really enjoyed the conversation, but again, work we follow you on twitter instagram places where, where do you go? <laughs> i'm sorry man i don't i don't do the social media thing probably yeah, you know what you, it's it. kind of i was googling when's the last time you did an interview it's been a while for tv so yeah, I, I, I even put that on youtube so i'm like yes now we'll have a john well, hensley interview up on youtube on facebook well, that's, everything so that that's, finally your fans will get to see you so you must be kinda, a very private person you know, I, I, I guess I just, I, you know, my thing is, is, uh, you know, I, I, yeah, I guess, man, I, I, and again, I'm not trying to like, I just don't give it a lot of thought. Like I'm not, I'm not too interested and in, I don't, you know, people, people, if look, you found me, right. If anybody wants to talk to me, I'm a really easy guy to find. I'm not. So, so I might be private compared to how other people conduct themselves these days, but I'm I'm an easy guy to find and 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 I and I and I'm happy to talk to anybody who's willing to take time out of their day to do so but I don't I don't really do the social media thing only because quite frankly I I I I, I don't feel like I got a lot to say uh unless it's connected to a project and if it's connected to a project that insists that I have a social media profile well then they can create one for me and I'll be happy All to right, the live. So so okay <laughs> I'm not going to say that's a good thing John but John does what John wants to do 
And that's what John Hensley does. So I appreciate it. Google John Hensley. And then when you hey, Google him, my, the, our interview will be up on YouTube and up on For other sure. things. And For you'll sure. just see John Hensley everywhere because of me. So I'll take well, it. I really, I really appreciate that, Neil. Thank you. That's very, very kind to you, man. All right, man. Thanks. Take care. All right, guys. That was the Neil Haley Show. Take care. Please listen to the Forletta Podcast. Larry Forletta, a retired DEA agent turned private investigator, will bring you true life stories on the war on drugs with some of the most infamous international drug traffickers of all time, to name a few. Pablo Escobar. Manuel Noriega, Joaquin Guzman, a.k.a. El Chapo, and other related real-life crime stories such as Waco. For more information, please visit his website at www.fcisllc.com.